shouts to our sponsor, Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. For a first deposit match up to $100, use code COMBO. That's right, use code COMBO for a first deposit match up to $100. I'll leave a link in the show notes for that. If you'd like to watch this episode in its entirety, Combo's Court episodes are now available on the NBA Report YouTube channel. I'll leave a link in the description for that as well. Let's get into it. Luca, don't do it to him. Ryan, welcome back to the show. How are things? Things are pretty good. Pretty good. Okay. There you go. You know who's playing pretty good, pretty good as well? The Celtics. But I have to ask you this before we get into the team. Is Jason Tatum a superstar? Well, we all have our our definition. I say no, not superstar. I say he's a very good player. He's a star. He's a perennial all-star. I try to reserve that accolade for the, the inner sanctum of, of players. At the, and, uh, I know the, the, the few, I, I, he's not Giannis. He's not Jokic. Uh, he's not Doncic. I don't think. Um, and then when you go lower than that size wise, I, I, the discussion opens, but he's, he's among, he's a top 10. That's, that's sufficient praise in my book. For you, what's the common characteristics of a superstar? There, it's it's see, it's funny. Once upon a time, there was no such thing. You know, mm. I, I remember um, Sports Illustrated had a cover in which it declared Reggie Jackson to be a super duper star. Mm. <laughs> Once upon a time, and um, that elevated the whole concept of superstar to to us. Um, it's it's just got to be a transcendent player. He's a very nice player, but um, and he needs to prove that uh, uh, he will keep his poise and do the right thing in the in the in the big 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 moments. And um, you know the the whole team has to prove that, and they haven't done it yet. But he's talented. If you're going to just dissect people on 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 uh, raw skill, you know, can he uh, is can he shoot? Yes. Uh, can he go to the basket? Absolutely. Uh, does he handle the ball well? Yes. Is he improve? He's an improving passer improving he's mm-hmm. not a perfect but he's not the, the, the but you know i don't know how many truly great passes there are uh at, 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 uh in in the league at that size anymore i mean we know Doncic is a, is and jokic are two of them that's for sure but right. how many other guys run that level not too many he's in the next cluster perhaps and um uh, i don't have a definite specific i'll give you the potter stewart thing i know it when i see it <laughs> and i'm, uh, I'm, I'm not seeing it <laughs> uh, okay Okay. All right. So speaking of Tatum, within this Tatum-Brown era, how does this team this season compare to all the rest? They're, um, this is their best, their, deep, their legitimately deepest team, first mm. of all. They go eight solid deep, and now Tillman very possibly will give them a, a ninth solid guy, and, and that's all you need. Uh, 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 barring injury, you know, barring n- nightly circumstance of injury, you know, that's all you need in any given game. 
So all you need is the, is is eight or nine. And in the playoffs, we know teams traditionally tighten up the rotation. Most a lot of teams do. It's become their norm, and and teams are very happy going with 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 eight and no more. Anyway, um, they have as good a roster as any team in the league. Their issue is not talent. They have sufficient talent to win the 18th Celtic Championship, but they have, but they're that sufficient talent. Mm. They don't need anything more else. Um, now that presupposes that that. The, all the guys are healthy and ready to go in a moment. But what team doesn't have that issue? Right. Every team has that issue. Every single team has indispensable one or two people that they're not going to win if they don't have that guy. You know, we know we can go right around the roster and you and identify the guys right off the top. So they're they're one of they're like they're in the norm there. If they got all their players, they will happily line up and take their chances when the playoffs start. And uh, you know, obviously some are more important than others, but still they gotta have they have to have Tatum. They have to have I'll tell you what, they got to have Porzingis. Right. And uh, he has been a revelation. I mean it. I, I was so far wrong on him, I'm happy to say, about what he could be, provide. And he's, he seems to be getting better and better. He's happier and more comfortable and more aware uh, of who he's playing with and how to use and how to play with people. Um, he's been tremendous. So, uh, everybody, but, you know, we know, who the, we know who those indispensable people are. And, uh, but they have sufficient talent. Nobody's more talented. Uh, one through, you know, if, if Tillman is going to materialize the way people, some people think he will, one through nine. Nobody, yeah. certainly not one through seven. So, yeah, I, I think when the season started, the thing was that the one through six, we like people weren't even talking about the depth. Now you had Tillman, there's even more depth, but everybody was saying they have the best six in the league as well. Yeah, right. You know, and this is, I'll tell you who's playing better than you would have thought at this stage of his career, and that's Horford. Oh, Sometimes okay. Horford is, is, there are stretches of games we have seen where Al Horford has actually been the best player on the floor. And, and if we're five, four, five, seven, eight minute stretches of certain games, you never would have said, thought that that was possible at his age anymore. He, he He's frisky. He's, he's, he's active. He's, and of course we know he's cerebral, you know, we know that um, he's, and some nights he's a joy to watch uh, at times. So some of the stuff he does. So um, he's, he's a, he's a very important piece of the puzzle, but you know, and the other thing about them is to Andrew, they have the, no excuses on on inexperience. Nobody under twenty five plays on this game. Plays for them. Nobody. Now, yeah. And and I, I mean, you know, Pritchard and and Hauser are both in that range now, that age range. And, and so, and of course, and Tatum and Brown are in the prime, literally prime of their career. Porzingis is, and and the, the guards are are very seasoned and very smart. Holiday and and White. And they're, they're not in, you know, they're still in theirs, you know, they're, they're early thirties and, and uh, that's fine. So they, and, and Porzingis is right there. I mean, they have no, ex, no excuse in that regard. None. Yeah. Does it feel like the Celtics are playing even better when Porzingis seems to be the second guy on any given night? Good point. Yes, absolutely. Instead of Brown, not, not the not Brown, but because Porzingis has bought so much. Yes. Lately there've been games where absolutely you would say that. And, and 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 stretches of games where he's the most important guy, uh, and so oh no he uh, he's uh, that that that's a very good observation. No, true, yes, answers yes. Yeah, and I don't even know if that has anything to do if Porzingis is better than Brown or Brown is better than Porzingis. I just think star fit matters so much, and that Tatum Porzingis fit just seems to be a better fit than a player with redundancy and skill set, because that was always a question over the years, right? Like can Brown and Tato win a championship together? Yeah. And, and now we're yeah. seeing they can, it's, it's just, they got to go out and do it. 
Yeah, they got to go out and do it. And there's going to be a great pr- lot of pressure on them when the playoffs start. Uh, and, and, and rightfully so, you know, they, they, I mean, they have the talent and, and we know that talent, I've, I believe firmly, I've always believed and, and hardly, a, you know, a, a unique observation. Uh, it's talent's only a start. Yeah. You got to have talent, but it's a start. And it's what you do with that talent that ultimately matters and, 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 uh, and how you utilize it and, and in a game like, such as basketball, uh, how you utilize it in, in conjunction with your teammates. I think the exhibit a, the two exhibit A's and B and A and 1A that, that illustrate this are the two guys that are in the, the top forefront of every discussion about great, the GOAT, you know, individual GOAT of all time. Ooh. And that was, it's Michael and, and LeBron. And my theory about it is that Michael didn't win until he's learned to share. And he would, the 1987 Michael was not making those passes to John Paxson and Steve Kerr that won championships for them later in the not early 90s because he wasn't ready to share. He didn't trust his teammates enough. And conversely, LeBron, after that debacle against the, well, the two back-to-backs, the 2010 against the Celtics when he quit, and the 2011 against the against the uh, Mavericks, when I, I, I had to finally reluctantly admit that he didn't really want the ball and didn't really know how to stay, take a step forward, which was a catharsis in his whole career, because since then it's not been the case. But until he learned how to, I recognized that he was the best player on the floor and act accordingly. And then, then he started winning championships and, and, and that you, you, it's just not, you have to go bring these other intangible elements on top of the talent. Yeah. I totally agree with you with LeBron and MJ. It's interesting. Steph Curry just hit a huge shot um, against KD and the Suns, And KD said after the game that, Steph Curry is top five. Is that a fair placement for Steph Curry? Uh, I understand. Uh, in, uh, not, not. He's the greatest shooter of ever. You know, he's the most devastating shooter. Pick your adjective. You know, best, <laughs> great, most. There's nobody. He, he's taken <laughs> right. it to a level we had not seen before. And by right. the way, his his imitators are all out there now. And, and, and I mean, he, he's the most influential player of the 21st century. 100. percent influential because he's influenced basketball at every level across America and who knows in Europe as well, but certainly in America, every eight year old kid wants to be kept Curry. That's what they want to be because they want to shoot those threes the way he does. And, and he's, it's, okay. I wouldn't go that far, but I think it'd be highest enough praise to call him a top 10 all time. Cause you know, when I, I, I have no trouble going one to eight. Then I started going uh, to Ralph Cramden, Hamana Hamana after eight uh, at all time, because, <laughs> Then, then the, it gets a, a very sticky discussion, and he's in that discussion starting at nine. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. Who's even the better player between him and KD? I think that's an interesting conversation. Yeah, KD's in. Oh, he's in that discussion. Absolutely, he's. And it's like you know, we have all. I love it. Yeah, you know, think about you know, we. I, I've lived through the twenty fifth anniversary team, the fifty greatest players, which I was privileged to be a voter, and uh, and the, the seventy five for which I was again privileged to be a voter. You know, and we have to kick guys out as we go along and it's painful, you know, but you have to make room from the 75 that we just, a lot of us just agonized through. Well, guess what? Look, think who's, who's going to be in there. Giannis is going to be in there. Jokic is going to be in there. Doncic is going to be in there. And and that's just the start. If SGA continues on this path, he's Ooh. going to be in there. You know, I mean, I voted guilt. Lillard was my 75. He was number 75. And, and, uh, uh, I'd have to say he's going to have to hold on just to, to fend off SGA now. <laughs> if, he who, who did, if he continues on this path. Who does SGA remind you of? 
he's Lillard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, no, really. Uh, you know, but he's he's probably a better passer and, yeah. and probably a better defender. So, you know, uh, but uh, I'm just saying, you know, you're going to have to make room for new people all the time. And, they, you know, and when they have the, the top 125, I suspect that Wembayana will be in there. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Was there anybody left out of the most recent one that you felt? Oh, there's always somebody. I forget. I have to go look at the list again. You know, I remember the howling for people at the 50, you know, and, and, and of course, and, and, uh, and there's always going to be. No matter any list you have, the next one up is going to be argued. You know, it's like when the NCAA tournament comes. They got 68 teams, but who's screaming the loudest? Number 69. If they went to 100, it'd be 101. If they went to 340, it'd be 341. That's the nature of the beast. Yeah, I mean, we talked about already how good the Celtics are. Does this feel like the first time within the Tatum-Brown era, I keep going back to the Tatum-Brown era, that yeah. that it, it's championship or bust for real, for real? Well, not for me, but it is for that is the narrative here in Boston. That's the one that people have framed that I call the talk show narrative, you know, and, and which is driving the discussion. Um, I, I recognize how hard it is to win in any sport at any time, the components that must be present for you to win, starting with good health that, that you can put your best foot forward when the time comes and then all that regard. I'm not, I have respect for other teams. All right. And, and I certainly still respect Denver. Uh, I certainly, uh, respect, uh, uh well, I mean, OKC this year has got a good team, and 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 I, you know we don't know how how they're going to react under pressure. Wow. Um, and and uh, and Minnesota, you know, but I'll tell you a team that is on the rail now. Well, uh, you know, buckle you, look out, Cleveland. Yeah. Cleveland. And, and and I would have said the same thing ten days ago, and probably shouldn't stop saying it. The Clippers have figured things out. Yes. They're, they're going to be trouble in the West. They're going to be a lot of trouble. What was your initial reaction when James? I don't think we talked about this, Bob. When James Harden um, was traded to the yeah. Clippers, and and how has that changed since, if if at all? Well, it started off a little rocky as they adjust to him. He's not easy to play with, I don't think. Mm. And and he adjusts to them. And 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 you know they there's an ego management thing there that that Ty Lue has to do. I think you know uh, with with uh, Kawhi and George and 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 Harden, and it started off poorly, as you know. But then somewhere along the way, it you know it it it, it clicked in and um, and they, they, that's a very formidable trio. Now we got two teams that rely on it, <clears throat> the trio, Phoenix being the other one. You don't know how far they can go in the playoffs. You know they they like to think they've shored up their their bench a little bit. I mean, but they're still extremely top heavy. You know, with those three guys who are capable of throwing up ninety any given night. The three of them, you can get ninety out of them, and and yeah. and nobody's gonna be shocked. Not, yeah. not many times in history if you don't say that. All right, right. You think uh, you know? It's so many crazy scoring nights we've seen, Bob. Yeah, right, like Embiid, Cat. Like, do you think we ever will get to a hundred? You think somebody will break Wilt's hundred? I guess you never say never. Uh, you know, maybe maybe if they go a couple overtimes, somebody might do it. You know, but then yeah. again, Kobe came within nineteen of doing it. And right, and, um, right. Um, I I would hesitate to say no as we approach the. The, always March 2nd as a date, it's always on my head because that's the anniversary of Wilt's 100-point game in Hershey mm. in 1962. And uh, March 2nd, mark that one on your calendar. And, um, you know, Bobby, did, your, your, your memory is uh, phenomenal. Well, I mean, come <laughs> on. That's not, he, he, and he did it without a three, as we well know. And that's the that's other right. thing. It's, it's right. not it's, Somebody throws up 15 threes one night and goes to the line. You got to go to the line, too, of course. You know, Wilt, that night, the thing that was that, – that, 
made it possible that was only possible maybe not one night in his entire career. He went 28 for 32 from the free throw line. Yes. And, and that, that was the difference. He went 36 for 63. You hear what I said? 36 for 63 from the floor <laughs> and 28 for 32 from the line. Yeah. That was 63 FGA. There's no, there's no, there's no full video on that, right? No full. Okay. No full. You're lucky if you got, I think the fourth quarter broadcast from, from the great late Bill Campbell of the Philadelphia broadcaster. I think, I don't think the whole broadcast exists, but I think the fourth quarter does. All right. It's great to see um, Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett talking it up all over the internet, but you know, what always strikes me as weird. I feel like Kevin Garnett doesn't get enough credit as a Celtic great. Well, it's just a longevity thing. You know, mm. uh, he, his number is not up as a Celtic and number five, uh, although but he certainly made a, a, a phenomenal contribution. And, you know, he, and, and we, I, we like many of us starting with me, like to think they could have easily deserved to win three championships. Uh, in 09, they were actually even better than they were in 08 when they won, but he was hurt in the playoffs. He was hurt, didn't play. Yeah. And um, then uh, in 10, sadly, they screwed up game seven. Well, actually, no, Perkins got hurt. I mean, excuse me. Um, yeah, Perkins got hurt. And and they needed one game, one quality game out of Rasheed Wallace, who had sat around mouthing off all year, was not in shape, and and uh, didn't do much for them tangibly, uh, and uh, except yell at reporters in the in the corridor. And uh, uh, they needed a game, and he couldn't give it to them. And they lost game seven. Even with a, And I'll never forget it. They were up by three. And in the 94 seconds, they went from plus three to minus six. And how did it get started? The way a lot of things got started for the Lakers in those days. Derek Fisher came down and hit a monster three. And and then, you know, Kobe got MVP, which was wrong because it should have been mm. Pau Gasol. Mm. Kobe went six for 24 in game seven. And, and the, not only that, but Pau Gasol was their rock in that entire series. So finals MVP? Yes, I voted for him, and 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 I think he. Did, I will always suspend. He was at that point in time, over a period from the uh, roughly from the 08 Olympics up to the twelve Olympics and beyond. He was the most skilled big man in the world, Pau Gasol. Offense, defense, do everything you wanted, inside, outside, right hand, left hand, and pass, rebound, whole package, and and not call attention to himself while doing it. Yeah, definitely underrated. Let's shift to this. Who's the most underrated Celtic of all time? Mm -hmm. I don't know if people. That's a good question. Because, um, you know, we, we we put so many of the peripheral players on, a, on almost an equal pedestal as the as the, the legitimate stars. You know, uh, I don't know if outside of Boston, people realize how important Don Nelson was for years as a shooter. The fact that he led the league in field goal percentage at age 34 going on 35 in 1974, 75, when 80% of his shots were foul line jumpers wow. and the other 20% were putbacks, but he was as reliable a mid range shooter as the league had in those days, right through his, you know, his age aging process. Um, I, I don't think, you know, in Boston, we revere him, but outside of Boston, I don't think people appreciate, you know, how important he was to some of those teams. How about Tiny Archibald? Well, Tiny, the great thing about Tiny, the one the impressive thing, I should say, the most impressive thing, he utterly reinvented himself, uh, you know, from being the, the the guy who once led the league in scoring and assists, 35 points a game, right. you know, uh, to a perfect point guard. 
who was passed first, shot second, uh, who who was uh, uh, ran a fast break flawlessly, who uh, you know he he, he just orchestrated. He, he he was the conductor of the orchestra, the way a classic point guard was, which wasn't the way he was in his prime, but he reinvented himself in that stage of his career, and and they got a they got got a ring out of it. Um, you know he 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 should be remembered for his contribution. That's for sure. You know, we talked about superstars before, and I, I always take it back to the Bird era. It felt like Bird was the superstar, Kevin McHale was the star, and Parrish was like the high-level role guy, right? Well, it was, depending on the night, yeah, well, Bur Bur Kevin w was very, very important, the, and they both benefited from each other's presence. Without Kevin, Larry's going to get put on people he couldn't guard very well. Uh... Kevin took all the hard defensive assignments of, on, on the front court. Uh, and, and the forward, you know, he guarded Dr. J. He guarded, he guarded uh, Dominique. He guarded the the star of you know star guards uh, forwards on the other team. And Larry was able to play the weakest of the three front court defenders while being an excellent poacher. Larry was a great team defensive player, but he wasn't a you know outstanding individual defensive player. Although he had his moments, but but uh, particularly Game Six of '86. But and Robert, Robert's a top ten all time center. At the, at the least Re you can say about it. Really? Oh, I mean, at least you can say. Well, I'd rather, you know, hmm. I'd, I'd say, you know, that to me is a relatively easy call. I mean, in the league right now, you have Embiid and Jokic. Wouldn't you say they're better? How about AD? No? Well, Paul I mean, uh, uh, when I don't, I haven't put them into this. Ah, in the, they have to finish uh, their oh, no, story. No, no, you know, if we were to be, we vote, but, but, okay. Well, first of all, AD is a hybrid big man. He's, he's, you know, and he's not really a five. He's not really a four. He's a four and a half or a five minus, you know, the way they use him. That's the way he is. Yeah, he's not true. a pure five, but pure fives, you know, there aren't too many that are even around anymore. Uh, and, and nobody wants them. And uh, they all are, are have, have multiple skills. Okay. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm a huge Jokic fan. Obviously he's going to be down high in every discussion once, once he hangs them up, but yeah. we, we, I'm just, I'm not factoring these guys in. I'm talking about until gotcha. we get back I said, but that's a good catch. That's a fair question. Okay. I, I, I always ask the fair questions. I always ask no, the fair questions. That's, but... a, that's fair, but I just want people to know how good Robert was. And, okay. and the thing about it, he, he was unlocked. He was unlocked by Bill Fitch because oh. he, he wasn't properly used in San Francisco and Oakland. He wasn't. he wasn't. Also, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. They didn't take advantage of his running ability, of, of, of him being mm. able to run and, 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 I wish I knew the number, how many fast break dunks and layups he got because he beat the other big man down the floor. Yeah, it's interesting. Everybody always thinks about the Lakers as run and gun, but I mean, the Celtics benefited that as well. And not only that, Parrish, didn't he play till like 46 with the Bulls? Robert holds the Robert, uh, yeah, he, he got him next to ring and, and he he uh, uh, he's played the most games. I think he still holds the record. Wow. For the most. I mean, yeah. LeBron, if LeBron hasn't already caught him, I'm not sure. I haven't checked that lately. Yeah. But, he, that's the record LeBron would be chasing if he hasn't already done it. It was Robert Parrish. All right. Let's end with something a little bit deeper, Bob. A lesson you learned from your parents growing up that you still hold dearly on today. Well, that's interesting. Um, well, don't talk with your mouth full. That's a good one. You know, <laughs> seriously. I mean, you know, that's if somebody doesn't tell you when you're a kid, you, it might not occur to you. That, that's bad manners, you know? So I knew that one. Um, I, I don't know, you know, just 
you know, I, 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 I don't think that we, I don't have any such specific uh, that I can think of. Uh, I, well, I did remember specific things. Went to a prep school in Lawrenceville, wow. and the religion, the, the stand up when the woman enters the room, kind of thing. You know, a lot mm. of people. Um, I'm, I, and, and yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, and, and, uh, uh, yeah, but that, that was a politeness and manners were, were, were quite a, a big deal in, in that environment. Yes. What's going on with you, Bob? What's new? What have you been working on? I know there's a new book, right? Yeah, we're working on a sequel to our, we being Bill Chuck, uh, the demon, demon, I mean, an incredible researcher and, and basketball and baseball expert. Uh, Bill, Bill and I are working on a sequel to our book in scoring position, which is an examination of my score books uh, from 1977 until the present time, where I score every game I go to everywhere at every every level. Of, uh, 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 and that's a gospel truth. Um, and uh, we're getting a sequel. They like the first one enough to ask for a sequel because we had enough leftover material. Uh, I am working on an interesting project, Andrew. Um, okay. There is going to be a Larry Bird Museum forthcoming in wow. Terre Haute to open in, in, a, 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 in the late spring. Where's Terre Haute? Terre Haute, Indiana. Oh, where, wow. you, know, you know, home of Indiana State. That's Larry's favorite city. You know, that's where he feels at home, you know, as Terre Haute. That, and uh, he dedicated the first championship to Terre Haute back in 1981. Are you going to go and, visit? Are you going to go visit this museum? Well, I'm helping plan it. Oh, I'm wow. helping. Open it. I, I would, it's not officially a committee, but I'm doing interviews. Now, we're going to have a lot of audio because this is, 2024, you don't just put artifacts in the museum. You got audio visual this, audio visual that, right? right. We're going to be having audio visual stuff, including interviews with teammates, coaches, fans, media, and, and so forth, and opponents. And I have interviewed already Walton, Bill Walton, uh, Kevin McHale, and two opponents of note, uh, Michael Cooper, who Larry said guarded him better than anybody. Wow. And some guy named Johnson, he was number mm. thirty. And oh, that and, guy! Uh, yeah, that guy. And um, and so I've been privileged to, to interview these people on behalf of this museum. And uh, I'm really excited. There may be a couple more I'll be doing. So that that's one thing I've done. I traveled, I did, you know, to San Diego and Phoenix and L.A. to do those interviews. And uh, oh wow! Oh, so they weren't even virtual? No, no, we 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 were. These people were uh, were were you know budgeted nicely. To uh, so we can do it the right way. Yes. And that, you know, it, it is the right way, and and uh, so that's true. And I, I write two columns. I mean, I, every other Sunday I write a column, and then um, I have two podcasts that I, I do with basketball. One with Jeff Goodman and Gary Tangway, and one with just with just Gary Tangway. So that's I call it good busy. That's, that's yeah. Most of, so so is this going to be like a museum that's a building that's going to be there forever because you know museums sometimes they just have an exhibit like is this like no, a, this is a, this is going to be permanent in 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 a downtown Terre Haute. so like it's, is a, like a own larry bird building no it's going to be inside an existing building okay. in Terre Haute. okay so not building a new structure but the the city is behind it this is a city project wow it's a city that's crazy. This. city's that's behind really cool. it yeah and i'll tell you what i think you'll like this i love oh. this one I am working on a story. I haven't written it yet. I'm going to write it next week, and I don't know when it's going to appear. But a week ago, Thursday night, I was in Brookings, South Dakota. Okay. Why was I in Brookings, South Dakota? I have no idea, Bob. Because South Dakota State was playing North Dakota State in a basketball game. And by going to that game, I completed 
That was my 50th state seeing a sporting event. Wow. Also Washington, D.C. and Commonwealth of Puerto Rico. So uh, I, about what happened was about a year and a half ago, it occurred to me, hey, you've seen events in 49 states. you got to get to that 50th. And I proposed the story to the Boston Globe sports editor, Matt Pepin, and he liked it. And uh, so here I, I finally got it done. I went to Brookings and uh, went to South Dakota State. And uh, I will be writing, uh, you know, they're going to give me a lot of time and space and, and uh, to write about a lifetime, which began when I was, don't even have a memory because my first sporting event was a minor league baseball game, uh, I'm sure, and in the late 40s, because my father worked for the team. Right. And we and I was the only child. We were, They took me to the games, you know. I was present in 1950 when Willie Mays made his organized baseball debut for the wow. Trenton Giants of the Class B Interstate League. And um, I, I was there. So how do I know? Because the family told me I was there. I went to every game and uh, with my father and mother. So uh, that's where it got started. And uh, it culminates now with the 50th state being South Dakota and South and the Jackrabbits of South Dakota State. That's very cool. What's there to do in the Dakotas? What do they do out there? Well, they play. Well, they, they what do they do out there? Yeah, you know? I, I live in New York City, so they, I mean, I, no. And uh, <laughs> when I was there, it was funny because um, they were had an abnormal uh, uh, heat wave, if you will. It was the temperature was in the late high forties, and they said, "Oh, wow. oh here two weeks ago it would have been minus 20, which is what I anticipated when I booked the trip." But I got instead I got 48 degrees. Um, you know, it's a very sports minded state that they, they love their their jackrabbits. I'll tell you that they, they own that town because they're back to back defending football champions, you know, in F, FCS and oh, wow. back to back. They've won. And the basketball program is sound. They, they've frequently won the Summit League. They've okay. got like and, and, and their other sports. They're big on uh, women's basketball is very powerful. And uh, they've won many, many, many national championships. And, uh, and they got a beautiful facility. It's a beautiful campus and a really intriguing place. And Coach Eric Henderson was a great host to me. And uh, and they provided me with a hell of a game and when, in which uh, Zeke Mayo, who's a draftable guard, by the way, filed that name away. Okay. You know, um, he hit a transition three to send it into overtime. And then they had a one-point lead when the best player on for the Bison – Bowden Scunberg, Bowden missed a 17-footer, but with a, there was a tip-in with 0.3 seconds left in the overtime by 6'10 freshman Noah Federson from Menominee, Wisconsin, to win the game for the Bison, 74-73. So it was a hell of a game for a ribbon on the package of my 50th state. Yeah, it's amazing how many like different places there are with basketball culture that you never really get to hear about unless somebody makes it big. Yeah, well, he's been there five years and he's got a terrific winning record. And uh, uh, it was a really nice game, a good game, uh, sold out building, uh, good, great college atmosphere. You know, it was it was it was pleasure to be there. It was great. It was really fun being there. Well, until next time, Bob. Farewell. I'll see you soon. <laughs> and uh, thanks for taking the time, man. I always really appreciate you, Bob. Oh, you're welcome. I, I, that was a lot of fun. Thank you. Anytime. Good luck to you. Good luck to you as well. Talk soon, Bob.